You're listening to Lane Powell Live, www.lanepowell.com. It wouldn't be a legal presentation if we didn't include a disclaimer. We want to note that the information provided in this podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. All information, content, and materials available today are for general informational purposes only. Legislation and regulations are always subject to change, so we recommend that you always check with your legal counsel to ensure that any advice you receive is current. You'll find our full disclaimer at our website, lanepowell.com. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome back to another episode of Lane Powell Live. As we inch towards some semblance of normalcy in both business and society at large, we see that people who work in human resources, owners of small businesses, and other managers of workforces, large and small, are arriving at a crossroads. Should one make COVID-19 vaccination mandatory or voluntary for their workforce? With us today, is Mike Kitson, a seasoned attorney who focuses his practice on defending and advising public entities and private companies in employment law matters. Mike practices with Lane Powell's labor and employment team. Here, Mike distills hours worth of discussion about workplace vaccination considerations into a digestible 15 minute session. Mike, take it away. It's hard to believe that we've all been home for a year. What might be harder for me to believe is that we might be gearing up to go back to normal. It, it doesn't seem like that was possible. I guess for me, it seemed like we were gonna be in this forever. But as you know, vaccines are starting to be rolled out. We're starting to have more access to vaccines, which raises a lot of issues um, for employers about how to deal with that. So let's get to vaccinations. Now, you all know that uh, vaccinations are rolling out. Um, almost every client that I talk to asks me this question, Mike, should we be mandating vaccines? So we're going to talk today about your options. You've got options in terms of mandating vaccines and whether it's mandating all employees or some portion of your workplace to be vaccinated. You also um, have a choice to go a, a vo the voluntary route and uh, ask employees to be vaccinated. And we'll talk about that. And along with that, we're gonna talk a little bit about incentives. A lot of employers are wondering what types of incentives can we offer our employees to get vaccinated? You also have a choice about how to administer the vaccine. Is there a way that we can contract to administer the vaccine? Or for healthcare providers, do we administer it directly because we have access to the vaccine? Um, or do we rely on employees and their healthcare providers and the various state and city options that they might have to get vaccinated to do it themselves? Those are the types of issues that we're going to explore and talk about today um, in my uh, brief presentation. First off, I wanted to talk a little bit about what the implications are of the vaccines being approved under what's called emergency use approval. So the FDA, as you probably know, has not yet um, given the final stamp of approval on these vaccines. 
They're approved under an emergency law that essentially allows uh, the FDA to approve vaccines under a state of emergency. Now there's some language in that statute that suggests that uh, employers or the government are not um, permitted to mandate that any individual get vaccinated. On the other hand, there's arguments that say that no, the, the, the language in the statute is only a requirement that those who are being vaccinated be advised of the risks of vaccination under EUA approval. There are also some arguments that the statutory language only applies to governmental entities who are administering the vaccine and not uh, mandating that citizens get vaccinated. This issue is actually being litigated right now in New Mexico federal court. In that case, an officer in a jail has challenged a mandate that all in jail employees be vaccinated. So it'll be interesting to see how that federal court um, decides that issue. It'll also be interesting to see if in that case where it's a governmental entity, if the court decides that based on the fact that it's a, a public employer as opposed to a private employer, whether that has any bearing on the decision. So we bring this up today because it's important to keep in mind that until the FDA gives final full approval, there is this risk that under the EUA approval, um, you could be requiring something that, that cannot be legally required of your employees. We also have some guidance from the EEOC that is important to keep in mind as you decide whether to require vaccinations. The EEOC offered guidance back in December. The guidance is still good, even though we've had a change in administration. The first thing they offered guidance on was on pre-screening questions that would accompany a vaccine. Because as you probably know, the EEOC in enforcing the ADA is concerned about um, soliciting medical information from employees. So what the EEOC has said is that if an employer or a third party hired by the employer administers the vaccine, they must show that doing so is job related and consistent with business necessity. Well, what does that mean? That sounds like a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. Well, they, they went on to say that job related and business necessity equals or is synonymous with a direct threat to the health and safety of her or himself or others. So that means essentially that if you're going to mandate vaccinations and you are going to administer them directly as the employer or hire somebody else to do so, you have to show that doing so um, is to prevent a direct threat to the health and safety of that person or others in the workforce. As you might imagine, the complicating factor here is that every employer is really different. I mean, the, the calculus is gonna depend on what exposure employees have to one another and to customers and to the public. Um, so for example, those who are working at home probably don't have and can continue to work at home probably don't present the same direct threat that those who have to be, for example, working um, and interfacing with the public might have. So a one-size-fits-all approach is probably not gonna work for a lot of employers as they make this decision. Now, again, an important wrinkle here is that if you ask employees to go out and get vaccinated on their own, even if you're requiring it, as long as you are not administering it yourself or hiring a third party to do so, you are not going to run afoul of the ADA, at least as it pertains to the, this pre-screening question issue. The EEOCs also offered guidance on reasonable accommodations as they pertain to the vaccinations. 
They've said that reasonable accommodations do have to be given for those with closely held religious beliefs that would prevent them from getting vaccinated or with a medical condition that would prevent them from getting vaccinated. Basically, you have to engage in the same reasonable accommodation process with an employee related to the vaccinations as if it, uh, it was a reasonable accommodation in a different context. The EOC has gone on to say that you cannot exclude employees from the workplace or take any other action unless there's no way to provide a reasonable accommodation. For example, could PPE or social distancing operate to lessen the threat to others in the workplace such that you could provide that accommodation and not require the vaccine? If there's a direct threat, the employer can exclude the employee from the workplace, but that doesn't mean that you can terminate them. So reasonable accommodations where you're requiring vaccinations um, is an important thing to keep in mind. The EOC has also provided guidance on reporting. Employers can in fact ask their employees if they've been vaccinated. They can also ask for proof of the vaccination, but taking it any, any further than that by asking questions like, why didn't you get vaccinated would run afoul of the EEOC's interpretation of the ADA. And importantly, if you are going to ask employees to report whether they've been vaccinated, you have to take steps to make sure that that information is kept confidential. There's some other legal considerations that I'll touch on briefly as well. OSHA's offered some guidance that actually discourages employers from treating employees who have been um, vaccinated differently from unvaccinated employees for safety purposes in the workplace. The reason for that is that the FDA has not come out or we don't have, I guess, enough proof yet that being vaccinated prevents you from spreading COVID-19, even though we do have good uh, evidence that a vaccination will prevent you from suffering the effects of COVID. So that's an important um, consideration to keep in mind. There's also workers' compensation issues. If you're mandating vaccines and your employee gets sick due to the administration of the vaccine, they could have a workers' comp claim. You also have to keep wage and hour considerations in mind. If you are going to mandate that uh, employees get vaccinated, you have to think about paying them, and in particular non-exempt employees, for the time necessary to get vaccinated. Collective bargaining is also another thing to keep in mind. If you're an employer that has uh, employees who are in collective bargaining units, this is almost certainly going to have to be something that you would bargain over. How do we break it down? I've given you all these legal standards, but what do we recommend? Well, the, the legal answer and the, the lawyerly answer is it depends, but it really does. And it's gonna depend on your business, where you're at in terms of returning employees to work and what your interface is with each other and, and the public. But here's kind of the, the gist of it. Mandatory programs are good in that they get more employees vaccinated, which can create a, a safer workplace, even though we've still got some uh, work to do in terms of guidance about whether that's really the case. There's more legal risk though, right? I mean, there's a lot of red tape that I've just gone through with you that you have to be aware of if you're gonna require or mandate vaccines and administer them to your employees directly and up the same vein, more onerous administrative requirements and pitfalls in doing so. Voluntary vaccination programs, drawback is potentially less people get vaccinated, which means a potentially less safe workplace. Um, however, um, because this is a, a 
an issue where people have a lot of close opinions and personal opinions, you can get greater employee acceptance by having a voluntary as opposed to a mandatory program. The administrative requirements are easier and there's less legal risk. So this might make it sound like I'm telling you that there's a vol that voluntary is the only way to go. That's not what I'm saying. I, I am just saying that um, voluntary programs um, in a lot of ways make a lot of sense until the vaccination becomes uh, more widely available. However, it sounds like as of May 1, at least employers in Washington can expect that their employees are gonna have much more greater access um, to the vaccine since all individuals over 16 are apparently going to be eligible to receive the vaccine starting May 1. So as that happens, um, you should start considering what to do with vaccinations, whether to mandate it for some or all of your employees, whether to hire a, um, somebody or to ask the employees to go get it direct, go, go get it on their own, which is probably uh, an easier and less legally risky way to go. Um, you could, should also consider whether at least going initially with a voluntary program and tracking employee uh, vaccinations gets you to the place that you want to be as a workforce without having to go to the trouble of dealing with all the legal requirements um, and risk associated with mandatory vaccinations. Another issue I'm gonna to touch on briefly are incentive programs. Uh, many employers have gotten a lot of attention for their incentive programs, you know, Trader Joe's, Dollar General, those large employers have uh, decided to offer generous incentives. There is an area where the EEOC has provided a little bit of guidance that's kind of up in the air at this point. Previously, under the Trump administration, they issued some guidance saying that participation must be voluntary if you have an employer um, program that essentially is a wellness program that encourages people to um, take some kind of action related to their health, but also requires them to share some medical information. So if you have a program, the incentives must be limited according to this prior EEOC guidance. And limited means something of de minimis value. And by de minimis, we mean really de minimis, like a water bottle or a gift card of quote, modest amounts. But this guidance has been frozen as often occurs. The new administration has come in and said, you know, we're not gonna apply that. We wanna look at these EEOC regulations and decide if we agree with the Trump administration's uh, guidance. And in February, um, a group of 42 businesses wrote to the, the Biden administration asking the EEOC to provide guidance and allow for generous incentive programs related to COVID-19 vaccinations. So we're still in a bit of a stay tuned here, but here's what we do know. You probably stay away from this concern about um, incentives if you are asking employees to get vaccinated on their own without um, contracting uh, with a third party to administer the vaccines. However, if you are providing an incentive, you need to think about whether you need to provide or can provide reasonable accommodations to those who can't get vaccinated but also want to receive the incentive benefit. It's also to think about um, the incentive and any wage ramifications. So for example, if you pay a bonus for a non-exempt employee, that bonus will have to be included in their, um, as you calculate their regular rate of pay for the time period where they're paid it, which could have an, uh, an impact on their overtime. So their overtime rate might increase. So that's a, 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 something that I think a lot of employers aren't thinking about as they, as they consider whether to have a bonus program. 
So my last slide here, um, assessing risk on incentive uh, options. Um, incentives of high value are risky. We still don't have a lot of guidance about where that line is between what's too much. Um, but you know, a thousand dollar bonus is a pretty risky way to incentivize vaccines. A less risky way to incentivize vaccinations is giving PTO to those who get vaccinated. An even less risky way would be a de minimis incentive, i.e. company swag, water bottle, et cetera. Um, providing PTO to all workers is even less, less risky. We're gonna give two hours of PTO time to every employee with the intent that you would go get vaccinated. And finally, the least risky way, which actually might be pretty effective, is by educating employees about the benefits of being vaccinated and clarifying some of the misconceptions out there about the vaccine. Thanks for your presentation, Mike. You covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time, including implications of EUA approval, what current EEOC guidance entails, and considerations regarding incentive programs for employees. You should know that Mike and our team have been contributing frequently to a resource that we've been building for the last year, the COVID-19 Legal Resource Center. You can find a link to this resource center in the description of this episode. You can also receive COVID-19 legal updates as they arise by visiting lanepal.com and subscribing and signing up. The lawyers of Lane Powell serve as trusted counsel, advocates, and advisors to clients who rely on us to resolve complex business, litigation, and regulatory challenges. We invite you to subscribe to periodic legal updates relevant to your business, written and published by lawyers from Lane Powell. To sign up, visit lanepowell.com forward slash subscribe and choose any topics that are relevant to your industry or business. Thank you for joining our discussion today.